Welcome listeners to another Saturday review. I'm your host Corbin and today I'm bringing you my review of WandaVision. And stay tuned at the end of the episode for a bonus review of Palm Springs, the indie hit that came out last year. Real quick before I jump into my review of WandaVision, I do want to give you a spoiler alert heads up. I've seen all of it. I feel like in order to give you a proper review, I gotta talk about the spoilers in it. If you haven't seen the last episode, if you haven't not watched any of it and you don't want it spoiled for you, then head over to Disney Plus, go ahead and watch all of it. It won't take you very long. And then come back here and we can talk about all the spoilers for WandaVision. So the series finale of WandaVision just aired yesterday on Friday. So now all episodes are streaming over on Disney Plus. Yes, that's right. I said series finale. Um, It is official that WandaVision is not getting a season two. It is officially a mini series. So if you're over on Letterboxd, they call that a movie. So this is technically, I guess, the next Marvel movie we've been waiting for. And it's also kind of a big deal because this is Marvel Studios' first foray into television disregarding kind of the Daredevil and Luke Cage type stuff over there on Netflix, Punisher and whatnot. WandaVision is its first thing. And it's interesting because it's focusing on the characters of Wanda and Vision, which I'll be honest, I didn't really know much about these characters. I have seen all of the Marvel movies up to this episode's release, but I just wasn't really clear on their characters you know, who they were, what they are. They kind of felt more like the second tier Marvel characters. So I was excited to see this show kind of dive deep and flesh it out. And of course, the big draw that I think everybody thought was very curious and interesting is that each episode up to a certain point mimics how television was in decades past in the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, even up to the 2000s took a unique spin, which I think was a fantastic idea to bring viewers in to pique their curiosity. And even from episode one, you realize something was strange. So this did a fantastic job of unfolding the mystery of what is going on with Wanda and Vision. They released one episode a week over the course of about eight weeks, actually. So it was about two months. Um, The first two episodes dropped on the same day to kind of give you that hour feel. And I appreciated that they're kind of sticking with what the Mandalorian did. Each episode was fairly short. It was roughly a little over 30 minutes. The credits are crazy long, which was kind of annoying when I want to exit out because it'll save my spot in the credits and I don't really care about that. But a couple of episodes did have some mid credit scenes, which were very interesting. But I will say I always looked forward to every Friday getting to watch another episode of WandaVision seeing what kind of wacky mystery would unfold. And I felt like they really utilized these character strengths in a very kind of fun, family-friendly environment. Uh, Definitely something that I, if I had kids, I think that would be fun to sit down with. I will say though, at the very end, um, by the way, I'm going to be jumping into spoilers here. Um, At the very end, it does deal a lot with witchcraft, which I think might turn some families off And it does get a little dark and heavy there towards the end with um, some of those spells and some of the things that's going on. It's 
it gets a little Harry Potter-esque, but in a very kind of more, far more realistic way. It kind of pushes out of the realm of fantasy and into the real world. It's a little much. It's a little strange, I thought. But nevertheless, I had a lot of fun with the show. I mean, Paul Bettany and Elizabeth Olsen do a fantastic job. Um, the rest of the supporting cast is great. And yeah, the surprise villain is none other than Catherine Hahn, who is Agnes or Agatha Harkness, who is the villain of the series. I will say a little bit of a criticism here. I think her character just seems underdeveloped. She seems to just kind of come out of the blue. Um, I, I don't really ever understand why she's necessarily important, what made her so powerful to exist for this long. But Wanda does trap her in this kind of Westview world, it seems like. But um, I really liked how this felt cinematic. This had some strong cinematic qualities to it. It felt like I was going to sit down and watch a Marvel, a, a mini Marvel movie every weekend. I really appreciated how much they put into the budget, into the production of this. Now, let's talk about that Quicksilver sort of crossover. I really thought that Quicksilver from the Fox X-Men universe was crossing over. Uh, it seems that's not true. It seems like that was just a red herring, which is really confusing for me, unless they retcon that somehow in the future. Um, I was really hoping this would be the thing to ingratiate the X-Men into the MCU. At first, it legitimately seemed like that was going to happen, um, but no such luck. I'm kind of disappointed about that. Um, it really is some touching emotion there towards the end of Wanda and Vision's goodbye. Uh, it's really fascinating to see how those two come together and how they're going to, they're apart now, but how is Vision going to come back in the future? I'm curious to see what will happen with that. And definitely curious to see what will happen with Wanda's kids because there are two in-credit stingers, one setting up Monica Rambo's new TV show, I think with the Scrolls and Nick Fury. I'm not really too curious about that. Of course, I'll watch it, but that honestly didn't excite me. Um, I think Monica Rambeau was a fine character. I didn't find her particularly compelling or really exciting like some of the other MCU characters, but I am curious to see what Wanda is doing because she seems to be kind of dabbling into some dark areas while she's reading the dark hold at the very end of the series, which seems like she might be somewhat of a villain or somewhere in between a hero and a villain in future installments. We know she's coming back in Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. So that, that actually gets me super excited because you'll notice they talk about her being as the Scarlet Witch. She is more powerful than the Sorcerer Supreme. So that actually legitimately gets me excited for the Doctor Strange movie, which I wasn't all that curious about to begin with, since I didn't think the first one was all that great. Of course, there was some times throughout the series where I felt like, and I spoke about with this with some friends, they felt like the series kind of needed to move along. I thought that sometimes maybe the mystery was pulled out a little too bit. I thought it was weird to make this nine episodes. They probably could have gone for 10 and we could have like been a little bit more in this world. But, you know, for the most part, I think this moved along at a fantastic pace. I was curious about each episode. I just had a really fun time. I really loved the cinematic quality of it. 
And most of all, I appreciate that they made me actually care about Wanda and Vision. Uh, of course, I, you know, kind of felt it when Wanda had to essentially kill Vision to save her, save him from Thanos, and that didn't work. And of course, we get those flashbacks as well. But I think this takes its place in the Marvel Cinematic Universe now. This is a strong first start to the MCU's foray into television. Um, definitely, if Disney puts it out on physical media, I'm going to be adding it to my collection. Um, so for me, WandaVision, honestly, I didn't think it was just great, but I thought it was very good. I really enjoyed it, and I think you will too. Um, I, like I said, I think some of that witchcraft stuff, I think might make some parents wary, especially at the end. Like if I was watching it with my kids, um, towards the end, I may, we, I think I would be a little frustrated though, honestly, because we had watched it up to that point and then I don't want to have to deal with their nightmares or their fears. And it does go into some nightmare territory with especially some of the makeup makeup effects and where they go with that. But it does set it up for a darker sequel when she comes back in the new Doctor Strange movie. So overall, I'm giving WandaVision 7 stars out of 10 with a solid recommend. Now for my bonus review of Palm Springs. This movie came out last year on Hulu. It was a big deal at the Sundance Film Festival. I know Hulu dropped a ton of money to pick this one up. And I saw the cover of it and I completely ignored it until I was hearing some Oscar buzz surrounding the movie that people were actually thinking that this one could we could see it at the Academy Awards. And I'm pleased to say, yeah, I think Palm Springs deserves best original screenplay, at least a nomination. I'm not saying it should win just yet. And I could actually see Andy Samberg getting a Best Actor nominee as well. There is a lot of heart to this movie, a lot of catharsis of these two people that are kind of living in this messed up time loop, and they learn a lot of lessons. So this movie is super fun, first of all. The writing is excellent. There, um, There is some kind of unnecessary sexual stuff going on in this movie that can just get a little weird. Thankfully, it's not very much, but that, that just seems somewhat bizarre, but I guess a little bit realistic in a time loop exploration. But nevertheless, I love the setting of this movie. It's just kind of out in the desert. It deals with a wedding. It deals with life and death. It deals with kind of getting over ourselves and learning to accept ourselves and learning to love one another and uh, I found this to be a really fun romance. My wife and I enjoyed it quite a bit. It goes into some really quirky and kind of offbeat places. But nevertheless, I think a lot of you will enjoy it. So if you skipped it last year, it's on Hulu right now. If you skipped it, don't skip it. Come back and watch it. Enjoy it, especially with someone else, because I think this is more fun watching it with other people since this movie deals a lot with relationships. J.K. Simmons is in a really funny role that I did not expect. So if you haven't seen Palm Springs, check it out. I'm giving it eight stars out of 10 with a strong recommend. Well, listeners, thanks for joining me on this Saturday review. I know that Tom and Jerry just came out. Yeah, you got to wait a couple weeks for that review. We want to make sure everybody else gets the chance to see it as well. It's on HBO Max right now. So Go ahead, check that out. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast for when our review does drop here very soon, just in a couple weeks. 
Um, we're also reviewing the other Tom and Jerry movie that came out in 1993. And coming to America, the long-awaited sequel took over 30 years to get here. I know that came out yesterday on Friday on Amazon Prime. It's Saturday right now. I'm thinking maybe my wife and I might actually check it out tonight. So that'll be in next week's Saturday review. But if you want to know my rating for the film, what I thought about it a little sooner than next Saturday, then go ahead and follow me on Letterboxd. My uh, link to my Letterboxd profile is in the description below. While you're at it, follow Alan as well to see all of the interesting indie movies he checks out and then sometimes the mainstream movie as well, which um, he has some pretty interesting thoughts on those. So definitely follow us on Letterboxd. I know I also mentioned last week, there's quite a few movies that I still need to get to. I mean, it's relentless over here in the streaming world. Not to mention, I'm also watching um, Servant Season 2, For All Mankind Season 2, Clarice, I'm trying to get into The Equalizer. I just started getting into What We Do in the Shadows. I'm also in the middle of Thundercats Season 1. Also watching The Simpsons. So my TV plate, I'm sure I'm, I'm missing a couple things is just overloaded right now. So, but I will be bringing you reviews for All Mankind Season 2, Servant Season 2, especially when those are done. And then, of course, Clarice, which takes place in the Hannibal Lecter universe. But listeners, thank you so much for joining me. We'll be seeing you this Monday, actually, for Tom and Jerry, the movie, the 93 one. And then, of course, the sequel will come out the week after that, our review for that. So, listeners, we'll see you on Monday for Tom and Jerry. The Silver Screen Guide podcast is edited and produced by Alan and Corbin. Intro and outro music is created by Thomas Rankin. The thoughts and opinions herein expressed are those of the individual and do not necessarily represent those held by Silver Screen Guide. Silver Screen Guide is not affiliated with any company or individual involved with the creation of this movie or TV show. No portion of the podcast may be used without express written permission from Silver Screen Guide.